Truth News Network. A politician on the campaign trail once said, we choose truth over facts. I don't need to mention any names, Joe Biden. But if you think that statement is reassuring, you're probably not going to like what happens next. Because you're in the home of blunt force truth, of conservative thought, not just talk, of facts that are truth. Welcome to TNN, the Truth News Network. And here's Dan Newman. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Well, was he talking to me? (laughs) Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Friday at TNN Live, another big day. Boy, we've got a big show today, jam-packed with information that you've got to get your hands on and get your mind around. It's coming down. And when I say coming down, it's coming down. Our government is coming down on the American people. They're making no bones about it. They're just doing it, shoving it in our faces and saying you don't like it. Well, too bad. We've got a president. We're going to get into our president here in just a moment. We're going to dig in. I mean, really dig in on what's going on with Joe Biden and the impact that it's having, certainly having on all of us and will only get more important to pay attention to. But at the top of the show, I just want to uh, sadly report, if you haven't seen it already this morning, a good friend to our nation, former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was assassinated in Japan. Now, he's not even in office anymore, but he was assassinated. They, they have the person who shot him and killed him. They have him in hand. But it's at times like this when these kind of incidents just make us pause, make us think, what's going on in the world around us? What have we become? What has a modern-day world, a modern-day country like Japan, what is, what is this coming to? There are so many moving parts in it. You could spend weeks and months analyzing it and coming up with the what-ifs and whys and what's going on and answers for all of that. It's just a very complicated world in which we find ourselves. And just thinking about an assassination of a former leader, an ally of the United States, Abe. It's a sad day for America. It's a sad day for everybody. So turning back to our top story now, Japan's former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe has been assassinated while delivering a campaign speech in the city of Nara. The suspected gunman is in custody. So for more on this and the impact of this, I want to bring in Kazuto Suzuki, a professor of international political economy at the University of Tokyo. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, Before I get into sort of the implications of this, I want to get a sense of what it's like in Japan. What is the local response uh, to this really um, unexpected and unlikely crime in Japan? Yes, indeed, it's uh, very unlikely and uh, unusual. Um, You know, the gun crime is very, very low in Japan. uh, And uh, there are only a handful of people are killed by guns um, each year. And uh, uh, so there is a very um, sort of a disappointing moment that you know we the, this thing happened to the the uh, prominent 
politician. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Shinzo Abe, who uh, was a controversial figure, but uh, he also had a very uh, strong stand in the, in the Japanese politics. And uh, uh, there is a very um, sad feeling uh, uh, blanket over Japan that, you know, we lost a, a great politician. We were talking earlier about Abe's sort of impact on the world stage, that he is one of really just a few Japanese prime ministers that I think are, is well known around the world. How are world leaders responding to the news? Well, I think, uh, you know, it's too early to say, but, uh, mm. you know, when uh, there was a first uh, announced that he was shot, then there was a, a lot of comments on the Twitter and there were a lot of, uh, uh, you know, there's a, uh, a G20 uh, foreign ministers meeting in uh, in Bali Islands in uh, Indonesia and uh, uh, Anthony Blinken and the other uh, uh, global leaders are talking about uh, Abe, uh, Abe's legacy and uh, mm -hmm. his, his role in, in the international affairs. So I think uh, there was a, a very uh, strong feeling of remorse and, uh, and, and the despair. Um, he still enjoyed popularity within his own party. I'm, I'm curious about whether or not he still had political influence within Japan. Well, of course, he's not as influenced as he was uh, prime minister, but mm -hmm. uh, he is still the leader of the largest fraction of the ruling uh, LDP party. So he do have the he does have the uh, very uh, strong influence, and uh, he was a friend and rival of uh, Prime Minister Kishida. So um, it was a sort of a check and balance relationship between mm -hmm. Kishida and Abe. So I think um, you know when. Uh, I don't know what happened after his loss, but uh, um, it was Kishida who missed him the most. Mm, very interesting. Uh, Kazuto Suzuki, thank you so much. It's really a sad thing when something like this happens. And just think about the, the location of Japan and who's right around them. I mean, think about that, folks. So you've, got, you've got China. China's just right there, Red China. They hate your guts. I mean, you, ju you just jump across a little bit of water from one to the other. And up to the northwest of them, immediately to the northwest of Japan, is North Korea. So you as a nation, you're sitting right between two of the most egregious, most unpredictable nations on earth, nations whose leaders hate what you stand for. Japan is basically a free nation, especially compared to China and Japan. And so Shinzo Abe, he made some enemies over there, obviously. Don't know... Anything about, at least we don't know yet, anything about the shooter, political standing, purpose, all those kind of things. I'm sure that'll come out during the weekend. But our hearts go out to the really good Japanese people. They lost a great leader. And even though he wasn't still the prime minister, as you just heard his fellow Japanese man state that uh, Abe was the leader of the second largest political party in Japan, even though he's not in office. So Japanese conservatives, they lost a hero when they lost Shinjo Abe. But back in the good old USSA, we've got everything okay. We've got it all figured out, right, don't we? Things are cool. Things are really good. Especially if you listen to White House Communications press agent, whatever they call somebody in that position, 
It's amazing what information comes out of that White House, this White House, that is just absolute lunacy. I'm not even going to talk to you about it. I'm going to let you listen to Jean-Pierre, Corrine Jean-Pierre, and what she said in yesterday's White House briefing. What we're trying to say, what I'm trying to say to you, is that the economy is in a better place than it has been historically. And so we feel here at this administration, and other experts as well, is that we feel that we are in a good position to take on inflation. We are in a good position to really start uh, really working on uh, lowering prices. And that is the Hot Topic buzz. It is not true. The Biden administration finding any way to spin this economy headed for a disaster by saying it's not as bad as it's been historically. Author David Marcus responding on Twitter with this, compared to what, October 1929? Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre also noting gasoline prices are rising across the world, so Americans should be thankful they're not paying $8.88 a gallon like they are in Germany right now. I don't think she has a grasp of the economic issues at all, Dagan. I, I, I don't. I don't think she has a grasp of it. I'm going to search for something to say Here in all my papers with my tabs. Read your answer verbatim. Uh, she's uh, she's charged <laughs> with. I, I know. Um, uh, for a crime, man, at, again, you asked me about gas prices and people's pain and suffering, and I'm going to answer with something about crime in America. Uh, she. There's no way to message this, but historically, we are, you know, 40-year high inflation, people's wages are falling, the economy is contracting, gasoline prices are near $5 a gallon nationwide. Very tough to message on that. However, uh, they, they just always fall back on the the transit, the words like transition, which is just appalling. Well, I mean, there is no reason for Joe Biden to write in an op-ed and then tweet about it that we are in the most robust economic recovery in modern history. That is just not true. Yeah. We are in a contraction right now. The economy is shrinking. It's shrinking 1.4%. It's just not true. Pete Buttigieg, cabinet secretary, he was on TV over the weekend. He said, well, you have to remember what was happening when we came in. There could have been a depression when we came in. It's like, what? No, there was big economic growth when they came in. They had three vaccines. For her at the White House podium to say that, historically speaking, we're in a very good place, it's just ludicrous. Yeah. It contra GDP contracted last quarter. Exactly it's not historically robust strong. Recovery. This is not a robust recovery. To compare Joe Biden to Jimmy Carter is an insult to Jimmy Carter. <laughs> I lived through those Jimmy Carter years. They were tough. And I'm going to tell you, I was in a different position economically uh, in my maturity. This was in 1976 when Jimmy Carter was elected. November 2nd, our youngest daughter's birthday. She was born the day Jimmy Carter was elected. It was bad back then. I look at things a little different now because I've lived through a whole lot of things and I've learned a lot. And I got to be honest with you. I think Joe Biden is so far a worse president than was Jimmy Carter. And I didn't think we'd ever see anybody that could turn everything good upside down like Jimmy Carter did. It doesn't matter what you say the title should be, who's worst, who's best. When you're talking about running a nation and running it in an inept attitude and thought process, which we are watching play out every day. We, of course, can't manipulate 
what Joe Biden or anybody in this government does. We send them up there. They promise to do things. They promise to work for us. They promise to serve us regarding everything that we feel is best for us. They're going to help us. They're not up there to govern with a hard fist. They work for us, but you would never think this president works for us. He's not ever pious. Never is. He always walks around when he gets called out for something with a big chip on his shoulder. Have you ever heard Joe Biden say, man, I made a mistake when I talked about this or when I implemented this or I said this. Not one time have I ever heard him say that. There's not a leader that's ever drawn breath that did not need to say that. And just because you make a bad choice, they're all humans. Every one of our presidents has been a human. Every human makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect, but yet, if you listen to Joe Biden, he's done, while he's been in the White House, he's done every, he's done hundreds of things, thousands of things, and every one of them. There was no problem with them. They were good. If there's any issues that come from the rollout of these things, it's got to be because of the people on the other side of the aisle politically. He has to, and every person in D.C. has to look at everything they see through the prism of politics. It's not ever about what's best for the American people. It is always. Every policy, every bill they put out, it's voiced, it's written, it's spoken, and its intention is to be a political decision. That's what we're in today. And no one can credibly say that's not true. And I'm sad. I would love for somebody to tell me you're wrong and give me some facts that prove that. So in the middle of all of this, there's something else that we need to talk about. And we mention it from time to time. We'll talk about it occasionally. We'll play something from a Joe Biden speech. But I don't know about you. But it just seems to me the chaos that's coming from the Biden administration every day, it takes on a new life every day. So just for the next few moments, visualize the most critical area in the life of your family and in the lives of your family members, which must be addressed just to live an everyday life. Maybe Americans, maybe we're spoiled. But it seems that in every one of these areas, there is massive chaos accompanied by mainstream media interpretation that usually quickly boils down to a single explanation. And they give us that explanation every day about every issue. Like, oh, these are Putin gas prices, GOP resistance to allow our administration to inject more cash into Americans' lives to give them temporary assistance. And President Biden has labeled inflation his number one cause to tackle? Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> this inflation didn't just blow up one day. It's a product of what Joe Biden put on the table and the United States Congress, especially in the House of Representatives, far-left people in the House Leftists are rhinos, Republicans in name only in the Senate. 
It's because they put it out there. You know, it all sounds good, what the president says, but Americans see little, if anything, from which we can draw solace that things are getting better. Rightfully, too. None of the answers given by Biden result in any relief for Americans in any part of their lives. One would think Biden et al. could get a single or a double every once in a while, but Biden strikes out in everything. Every area where Americans lose their battles in every important sector of life for them and their families. It seems to me that Biden implements decisions that each make things worse. Let's look at a little bit of his genius. Last June, the Biden administration unveiled its national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. Remember that? So despite its exciting and intriguing name, the national strategy was anything but exciting and intriguing. The pamphlet that accompanied that announcement represented the logical culmination of the left's cynical use of this January 6, 2021 U.S. Capitol riot, using it as a means of ginning up large-scale, nationwide, anti-Republican, anti-Trump voter sentiment. The result of all this, evidenced again by Attorney General Merrick Garland's disgraceful memo that directed the FBI to intrude on local school board meetings and to crack down on anti-critical race theory parental revolts. It's all been a roiling cold war waged by the ruling class against deplorables and our political wrong think. Now, eight months after Garland's infamous October 4th memo, the better question to ask is whether Joe Biden is engaged in a Cold War merely against the deplorables here. And we know the answer to that. It's a resounding yes. Instead, the more relevant question is whether the Biden administration is now engaged in a Cold War against a broader target, the entire American citizenry. Based on all the relevant data and metrics, the answer to that question seems to also be yes. So let's let's look at a couple of things. Most prominent, perhaps most important, inflation, which the Federal Reserve finally conceded is not transitory, although they knew it. They had to know about it when we did because we've talked about it as soon as they said we were not having inflation and then oh yeah we've got it but we said this can't be transitory it's too deep it's too wide and too much is in it and it's here to stay for a while and it's already the highest it's been in 40 years the consumer price index increased 8.3 percent in april slightly lower than march's 8.5 but still painfully above the Fed's 2% target. How do they miss it like that? These are the best economic experts on the planet. And they predicted (laughs) it was going to be 2%. It was 8.3%. That's not a little miss. (laughs) That's shooting uh, the wrong side of the uh, hunting range. (laughs) Biden recently declared fighting inflation his number one priority. But he shows no appetite for curbing mass inflation deficit spending 
that has characterized his presidency, and he's going to be remembered for that. Nor has he communicated to Fed Chair Jerome Powell that he's prepared to accommodate the drastic interest rate hikes that are necessary to bring inflation under control. The Fed's first rate increase has yet to show if it's going to be successful. Of course, Biden is also looking to fight inflation. How do you do that? Well, a de facto regressive tax is what inflation is. It eats away everyone's savings, but it hits lower and middle class earners the hardest in all the wrong places. The traditional economic definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. So what does that mean? Well, you got two things there that you can impact. The Fed can impact. Too much money chasing too few goods. So what do you do? You take money out of the market. And secondly, on the other side of it, you increase, you get more goods, and then the market moves up based solely on supply and demand and what people can do with what they have. Still, Democrats seem wholly uninterested in working with Republicans on industrial policy measures that are necessary. We got to revamp our domestic production in oil. We got to get inflation under control. On the contrary, folks, Biden's priorities, his number one priority is not about inflation. Everything his priorities point to are backwards. Amidst this carnage to American savings and retirement accounts, it's unfathomable for the administration to restrict domestic energy production further. Yet they are, and they will. Amidst unprecedented and potentially lethal shortages in baby formula, he hadn't acted swiftly to either invoke the Defense Protection Act to ramp up domestic production. That's after his own FDA shut down a baby formula production facility in Michigan. Or he temporarily lift the import taxes that have helped cartelize the domestic baby formula market. He could have done these things from the very beginning of this, back in February when he found out about it, or at least the White House did. But they didn't. At the same time, Biden has openly mused about ending the Trump administration's signature tariffs on China. And now he's expected to do so any time. Keep that in mind. We've got a later story. This will blow your mind what Joe Biden has done and how it can now be tied directly to all that money that came to Hunter Biden's investment company from the Chinese government. All that would accomplish is make the median American consumer even more dependent on our geopolitical arch foe, China. Fed-driven monetary policy put that to the side. The other way to fight inflation on the fiscal side is to accelerate production, speed it up, not to fortify China's cheap labor sword of Damocles that dangles over the American economy. They just don't pay their workers anything. And the workers have no option. They can't say, no, I'm going to hold out for more money because there is no private corporation in China. It's all owned by the Chinese government. 
So they've got that over us. So how do we compete with that? That's a story we've talked about. We'll do it again. It doesn't mean we have to cut the wages of our workers to what China is paying. What it means is we've got to get the balance between these two things. And that's a big deal. Government should get out of that whole conversation. It should be between workers and those that they work for. And it should stay right there. Kick the labor unions to the curb. Perhaps most revealing, as was reported by the Washington Examiner, Representative Kat Kamek, who's a Republican from Florida, she tweeted those photos. Remember this? We put them up of shelves and pallets packed with baby formula at those illegal alien holding facilities down south. Of course, while actual U.S. citizen parents are frantically scrambling from store to store to ensure their babies don't starve, though parents have seen a slight improvement in baby formula support here, stores nationwide still struggle to find ways to meet the demand. Walk through your grocery store, the place you go this weekend, and just even if you don't have kids, go by the baby food aisle and see how empty the shelves are. The massive volume of baby formula at our southern border remains in place with no explanation from the administration. Translation, my translation, illegal aliens rule the roost. Now, wait a minute, there's more. It's not just the open borders pro-illegal alien body that plays our ruling class like a fiddle. It's also the zealots in the environmentalist movement. During the same week that nearly 30 states reported all-time highs for average gas prices at the pump, the Biden folks canceled offshore oil and natural gas leases in Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico. Now, you got to fast forward from when he canceled the XL pipeline permit on day one of the Biden administration. You know, that was 18 months ago. And he's still doing the same kind of crap. And he did it here. Biden simultaneously admitted that energy accounts for a whopping 60% of the inflation Americans are now experiencing. Higher fuel prices for trucks and tractors trickle down and affect all goods and foodstuffs farmed and shipped. Can you believe this? Retirement accounts. It's unfathomable for the administration to restrict domestic energy production further. So we're getting hit on any interest on our accounts. At the same time, we're paying 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% more for the same things than we did the day before he was elected president. A ruling class full of virtue signaling electric car owners. That's who they are. No doubt sleep well at night. At night as ordinary gasoline dependent Americans get annihilated at the pump. Meanwhile, Congress raced to pass that emergency $40 billion aid bill for Ukraine. A faraway land now roiling in its fifth calendar month of a crippling humanitarian crisis. But that's hardly a pressing domestic concern. We've given Ukraine a buttload full of money. Post-Maidan Revolution Ukraine, just so you remember this, it's a well-known playground for slush funds and non-government 
organization interest. Think about that. We've sent them almost $100 billion. I wonder how much of that went where it was supposed to go and how much didn't. But so is the case at the poorest U.S.-Mexico border. Hmm. You look at Ukraine, you look at our Mexico border stuff, which one is worse in your mind? The border has been wholly overrun in recent months by transnational drug cartels trafficking illegal migrants. Those migrants and cartels are incentivized to make and orchestrate the hazardous journey due to the Biden administration's various amnesty magnets, like its return of the Obama-era catch-and-release policy for illegals when they get to and get across our border. Translation, Ukraine's border with Russia matters more than America's border with Mexico. And then the last thing. No reasonable person can claim that Joe Biden, no reasonable person can say that Joe Biden does not have at least some cognitive decline. It doesn't matter if it's labeled Alzheimer's, dementia, or memory decline. This president has something physical and possibly mental going on. And experts almost daily weigh in on the president's apparent condition in that regard. Biden previously suffered two brain aneurysms and a heart condition that makes the muscle beat too fast, causing dizziness and confusion. That's all public information. One top cardiologist said that both of those are linked to memory difficulties, confusion, and even dementia. Dr. Asim Malhotra, who is a NHS consultant and expert in evidence-based medicine, said, certainly there's a link between the conditions and cognitive decline. But just as a doctor observing him, given his medical history and age, I'm worried about early-onset dementia. I would be worried about anyone exhibiting issues with recall and memory at Joe Biden's age. Another doctor, Dr. Amy Baja, an associate professor in speech science at Emerson University in Boston. He agreed that Mr. Biden's increasing number of blunders might be because of declining cognitive health in old age. Those brain aneurysms were back in 1988, while he was trying to secure the Democrat presidential nomination, and that one went to Mike Dukakis. Biden had surgery to treat life-threatening conditions. Scientists warn those who suffer aneurysms, which is bulging blood vessels that usually occur in the brain or arteries that burst, may and are likely to face memory difficulties, such as problems absorbing, storing, and recalling information. He also suffers today from atrial fibrillation. That causes a regular or fast heartbeat. Doctors first diagnosed Biden's condition in 2003 when he removed his gallbladder. Medics have warned that the condition can cause tiny blood clots that slowly injure brain parts over time, which can cause thinking and memory problems. He also introduced his granddaughter at his deceased son's bow He introduced a granddaughter as his deceased son, Bo, who had passed away from brain cancer 
in 2015. He confused Libya and Syria when at the G7 summit in June. It's difficult to recall the last time a U.S. president persistently acted in a manner so contrary to the interest of the average citizen that that president purportedly takes the constitutional oath to protect and defend. Fortunately, Biden's historically low approval ratings hint a ballot box remedy for our national woes. A red wave beckons this November. None of what we've said today has anything to do with politics or Biden's commitment to the job. After all, he garnered the votes of 80 million Americans in 2020. That's a big chunk of American citizens. They believed, the ones that voted for him, that Biden could do the job. Sadly, that appears not to be true. But whether one determines the step forward based on Biden's policies, his lack of or inability to create good policies, that most Americans need to choose the political steps this nation will take. Joe Biden is not an option for the White House in the future. I'll say that again. Joe Biden is not an option for the steps the United States has to take in the future. Last in our summary today is the mention of his apparent cognitive ability. There are an innumerable number of examples of this. And so we could spend all day, take a lot of your time. We're not going to do that. But here's a little synopsis of about, I don't know, two days out of the life of uh, Joe Biden interacting with the American people and things that he said. Oh, I think he could be. But I hope to God that there, uh, that, look, Maybe I'm kidding myself, but as time goes on, the voter who is just trying to figure out, as I said, how to take care of their family, put three squares on the table, stay safe, be able to pay their mortgage or their rent, et cetera, uh, is becoming much more informed on the... um, the motives of um, some of the political players and some of the uh, and the political parties. I mean, the idea that um, the American public are trying to sift their way through what's real and what's and what's fake. And I don't think as uh, I've never seen a time when the political coverage. The she was a former governor of the state of uh, Michigan, Michigan, wrong. She was a former state. Of, she, she was a governor. And Ambassador Leonard Thomas Greenhouse, Greenfield, excuse me, who is a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of the first lady's husband uh, contracting COVID. But uh, <laughs> that's right. She's fine. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> that's not 
not together. The second lady, the first gentleman. Chocolate, chocolate chip. Carolina announced its hundred day incentive, its hundred dollar incentive today. Places that have offered the hundred thousand, a hundred dollars, that'd be really good. I'd go back and get vaccinated three times. But all kidding aside, offered the hundred dollars to get vaccination, have seen an uptick of 25% in daily vaccination rates. She's also dedicated to getting her customers and employers vaccine, employees vaccinated. That when they leave the saloon, the receptionist, the saloon, the salon, they may be going to a saloon, I don't know. I caught part of President uh, uh, Putin's uh, uh, press conference, and he talked about the need for us to be able to have some kind of modus operandi where he dealt with making sure the Arctic was, in fact, a free zone. The president asked me to be in charge of managing that piece, then President Trump. Excuse me, Freudian slip. That was the last president. He caused, anyway, that was President Obama when I was vice president. I know you're a little younger than I am, but, uh, you know, I've adopted the attitude of the great Negro at the time, pitcher in the Negro Leagues, went on to become a great pitcher in the pros, into the Major League Baseball after Jackie Robinson. His name was Satchel Paige. Well, let me let me just tell the, tell you this. I want I want to make this very clear. That was well, let's see how long was that? wasn't wasn't nearly as long as it felt like four minutes and two seconds long. And I will tell you this. I'm the one that put those together. First of all, you need to know the interior of none of those was edited. Nothing was entered. Nothing was deleted in those segments. They, you heard them as the president said them. Those pregnant pauses that in some cases lasted as long as 10 seconds, those were Joe Biden. And there were eight of them. I counted eight of them. But what's even more sad is that when I pulled all of these, I just did a search online and pulled down examples of Joe Biden's cognitive decline. I could have made this piece that you just heard that was four minutes and two seconds long. I added it all up. I could have made 65 minutes. 65. In other words, 61 more minutes of more Biden cognitive decline evidence than what you just heard. That doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me feel good. In fact, it's an SMH thing. I just shake my head. I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. We're not making fun of the president. We're pointing to serious issues, whether they be in his uncanny uncanny policy decisions or any decisions he's made regarding what he feels will be best to serve the nation. A simple statement to make 
is that this president cannot be allowed to remain in charge. The United States of America and the American people cannot sustain another year, let alone two more years, with the same types of things happening as we're watching play out in Biden world. Are there simple answers or solutions? Absolutely not. But good leaders, those who sit atop the hill in leadership in Congress, must initiate actions, find a way, make the necessary changes to right the USS USA. And they need to do that quickly. We can slide even further into the dark. We can. But we don't want to. And we certainly don't need to. And if Biden, if he can't do it himself, and he wants to stay in that office, the Oval Office, here's a suggestion. Admit to yourself, I got a problem. You put together a group of people that can make the choices that this president doesn't have the cognitive ability to make. And for Pete's sake, instead of acting like and demanding that everything's cool in your administration, acknowledge that everything is not cool, but you're still committed to get those things implemented for all of the American people. If you would say that, Mr. President, just that much, I think more people like me would be inclined to say, you know what, we can limp through this. Making a change right now would be nothing but chaos. It would cost a fortune, and it would give us a horrible kick down the stairs in the opinion of world leaders around the world. We don't need that, right? We don't need any of that right now. But one thing we must do, make the changes and make them now. We may not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts by two and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner, buy two, get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply, see store for details. Dinner, dinner, dinner. Every day you have to think of what's for dinner. Well, now Subway has a solution that is sure to please every person you have to feed for that last meal of the day. It's called Dinner Tonight. Every day after 4 p.m., Subway is offering a Dinner Tonight special, which includes two regular 6-inch subs, two bags of chips, and two 21-ounce fountain drinks, all for just $11.99. This offer is available all day long on Sundays. Subway of Kodiak. Eat fresh. It seems like every summer starts with a song. Maybe it's one we heard on the radio during our morning drive. Or maybe it was playing in the cafe we ducked into for lunch. Wherever they catch us, certain songs seem to take us away. 
Songs of waves and sand, of forests and hillsides, of growing up and growing old. Songs that get in our heads and make us smile as we hum them to ourselves. Songs of the sun coming up and the ragtop going down, of friends we just met and the ones we'll have for life. Songs that define the moments, like the ones we find in Michigan, where we take our someday list and start to check things off. A day spent gliding on a sailboat, floating on a pontoon, and climbing over that next hill. A rhythm that takes us somewhere better, somewhere like pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Good song. Gotta be a good song. Welcome back to TNN Live, the Friday edition, and we're kind of concentrating on very specific things today. Just a P.S. from what we just discussed. You know, we talked about his mental, his physical impairment, and what it might cause. Listen to this. The American Academy of Neurology, they estimate at least 15% of all of those over the age of 75 have some cognitive impairment. And that's a big number. Big number, 15%. Several studies show that many of those who underwent an open surgical brain aneurysm repair or had a subarachnoid hemorrhage can develop cognitive difficulties as a result. And Biden had two of those repairs. And he had a brain bleed in 1988, years before modern endovascular techniques that caused minimal damage or even created. Not only that, but a study published in the Journal of uh, Nature Cardiology back in 2018 shows a big increase in cognitive problems in patients with prolonged atrial fibrillation. And he suffers with that today. What does this all point to? It doesn't point to try to get the guy out of here just because we don't like him. It's because he's not doing his job. And the American people cannot bear sliding any further down the abyss towards totalitarianism because they are trying their best to erase capitalism, to give the rights to all of the classes of American to achieve, not based upon what the government tells us we can have, can do, and how far we can go, based on our economical structure, supply and demand, and our ability to create or find a niche and just slide into it because we want to slide into it and make that our career. Everything I just told you that we want, it's slipping away. And every day they're taking more and more out of the reach of the American people. And it's because of top-down policies that we're seeing here. We're going to get Mike Johnson on next week. He's, he's really been busy. But I want to talk to him about the impeachment possibilities. How would it look and what his thoughts are, what would happen on the other side of impeachment of Joe Biden with Kamala Harris, the one that would step into his place. At least that's what we all think right now. Maybe that's not the case. But something's got to be done. We just can't keep doing the same thing and expecting things to be different. Inflation's not going to change. Our supply change, baby's food, none of that is going to change. Price at the pump, it's not going to change. 
We've got another story about giving oil away by this president to some of our enemies, and it's directly tied to his son. None of this is going to go away until something's made different. Steve Schmolman, my friend from New Mexico, nothing changes if nothing changes. Let's switch gears. I get all amped up about this. I got to be honest with you, my entire life, leadership of all peoples have been very important to me. Very early on, first grade, second grade, junior high, high school, I always looked at who was in charge. And just because they were in charge, I gave them my respect. I listened to what they said. And I did what I was told. I learned what real leadership is. And you don't become a leader by beating those you're going to lead over the head, telling them every day, they're stupid and you're smart. You're not being a leader of any kind at all, especially unless you live in a totalitarian society. And then it doesn't matter. But unless that happens, if you live in a democracy, a representative republic, you can't do that. You work for the people. Yeah, you can tell the people that are going to cast votes that you're going to do this, 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 and this to get them to vote for you. You don't have a right after the fact when you get elected to turn around and walk away from that. And that's what we see has been made commonplace in the United States House of Representatives in the Senate. It's quid pro quo. That's all that matters. You write me a big check for my campaign, I'll do what you want me to do whenever you need it to be done. Just give me a call. It may not have been said that way, but the inference is and the understanding is, at least if I take a campaign contribution from you, when you call, I'm not going to not take your call. I'm going to take your call and listen to you. And because you gave me money, I'm going to give you the first shot. I'm going to put you right up at the top of the heap, and I'm going to take care of you first, whatever that means. That's going on across the board in this government. Unless that is stopped, unless it's done away with, we are not going to see any changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. We know better. Our leaders know better. And yet, it's still being done unilaterally. Let me tell you what Joe Biden's doing. This will boil your blood. Two weeks after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, Biden leaked it out last night that he's going to sign an executive order on abortion. And he's going to sign it today. An executive order. He, in his administration, and his Padna, in their two administrations together, Barack Obama, They expanded the definition of the use and the powers of executive orders to make them be on par with laws passed by the United States Congress, and that is unconstitutional. Biden, in the face of the Supreme Court saying Roe v. Wade is not a nationally governed right to give, allow, or not to allow, it's to be relegated to the states. Joe Biden today is going to announce signing another executive order, and it has to do with Roe v. Wade. 
forget about what Supreme Court said. So what's in it? We haven't seen it yet, but it's expected it's going to instruct the Department of Justice, Department of Health and Human Services to push back against any of these states that now have the right. Well, we got to push back against them. We can't let them limit a a woman's ability to go across state lines for a legal abortion or to get federally approved abortion medication. Did you catch that in there? Or to get federally approved abortion medication. That's according to the AP. Now, let me tell you the big thing about this. We already have state laws in place already. Right now, today, there's several of them that have passed laws in their states that make it illegal for people in their state to get abortion medication from out of state. And Joe Biden is going to do an executive order today that's telling the Department of Justice and the HHS. Of course, the HHS has no power to stop any of this. Department of Justice, you know, he calls Merrick Garland and says, hey, that state, and I don't have the list of them in front of me, but let's say it's Missouri. Missouri says you can't, you can have, you can't have anything that is going to create an abortion in our state. You just can't do it. And those abortion pills are settled. You can get them online. That's another thing. Laws are saying can't happen anymore. And what's the importance of that? Is it just because you don't believe in abortion? These state leaders are against it. No. You know what it is because of? What's going to happen? It's already happening. You can book it. Where are most of the illegal drugs in the world ending up? Right here in the United States. We're seeing thousands of people, thousands of Americans dying from illegal drug use every day. Fentanyl is the big one. But how is fentanyl getting into so many Americans' hands? You think they're standing out on the street saying, hey, you want some fentanyl? I got some fentanyl here. It's not, it's not the kind you get at the hospital when they're going to use it when you're in the surgery to keep you asleep while the surgeon's doing it. It's not that, but it's still pretty darn good. That's what's killing so many people. But kids, adults alike, are buying this stuff. It's being packaged to look just like pharmacy drugs that you get through a prescription from your doctor. These laws are addressing that because you can book it right now today online. I haven't looked. In fact, let's do this real quick. Let me just flip over here and let's do a search real quick. Um, Online purchase of abortion pills. I just put that in the Google search bar. Let's see what pops up. Buy abortion pills online. Safe, online delivered. How to get the abortion pill by mail. Can you buy the abortion pill online? Call us, First Care Pregnancy Center. Can I buy the abortion pill online? Contact Women's Care Medical Center. So, Buy abortion pills online in USA. Pills to end an undesired pregnancy. Where can I get the abortion? I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So here's what will happen. 
I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give you a prophetic word. This is going to happen. People are going to get these abortion pills. And they're going to take them and some of them are going to die from the abortion pills. And you know what's going to happen? Nationwide, they're all going to point to the Supreme Court and say, "You made the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and because of that, These women are scrambling to find places to get their health care. And they're forced to go online and buy these drugs illegally. And they're dying. And it's because of you. That's exactly what's going to happen. And if, if this executive order is challenged, and I'm sure it will be, and it's allowed not to stand, which I'm sure it will be allowed not to stand, That's just going to reaffirm to the left that Roe v. Wade being overturned is killing women. They won't even mention these illegal drugs that are coming in. So how do you handle that? It'll be legal without them doing any executive action for women to go to another state and get an abortion. It's not making abortion illegal in any way. It turns that back to the states to determine the legality of the abortions in their state according to the people of that state. That's all it's about. But don't ever let the truth get in the way of a great political point perspective, right? Oh, you got to use everything for politicization. So we're getting close to election system. We're, yeah, I can't believe we spent so much time on that. Anyway, we're getting really close to November, midterm elections. And you would think that, especially in light of what happened in a bunch of states, they say it's five, but it's way more than five. It's across the nation. Every state has laws that they passed regarding voter rolls. And every one of them has some kind of process with which they go through periodically based upon the laws that the legislations pass, uh, legislatures pass. They go in regularly and purge any of people that are on those voting rolls that don't live it there where they did before. They don't live in the state. They don't live in the district. They passed away or whatever. They just found out why. And it's legally supposed to be done in all 50 states. Now, remember, this is coming on the heels of what happened in 2020 and 2000 Mules, the documentary. New York authorities, it was found out and revealed yesterday, have failed to comply with federal requirements mandating jurisdictions regularly examine voter registrations and remove ineligible voters from voter rolls. And so there's a lawsuit against New York for this right now. Just 22 names were removed from voter rolls in the state of New York between January of 2016 and December of 2021. Five years, five and a half years. Now, this is in New York City, a city of over five and a half million voters, including zero removed in Richmond County. Now, we're told that 300,000 people left New York City and went to another state, but they still are on the voter rolls in New York. 
These are ludicrously small numbers of removals given the size of populations of those counties. The law requires states to conduct a general program that makes a reasonable effort to take the names or remove the names of ineligible voters from the official list of eligible voters because of deaths or a change in residence. During the same period of time, 2016 to 2021, Yates County, which has a total population of under 25,000 and just 14,500 voters, removed 1,251 names from its rolls. Compare that to New York City. That's still going on. Now here's the question. Are they going to do anything about it? That's the question. Oh my gosh. Another court case, another revelation by a court. President Biden's administration, we are now told by a court, can no longer ignore federal law that says authorities must arrest, detain, and remove illegal aliens convicted of certain crimes and or aliens who are ordered deported. This is coming from an appeals court. Federal laws say the Attorney General shall, quote, take into custody, shall detain, shall remove illegal aliens convicted of certain crimes and aliens who are ordered deported. But the Biden administration, they've done everything they can to stop the holding and removal of some illegal immigrants convicted of those crimes. The fact an individual is a removable non-citizen, therefore not alone on the basis of an enforcement action against them. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, a Biden appointee, said that in a memo in September last year outlining new guidance that narrowed immigration enforcement priorities. Mayorkas also said the immigration agent should not rely on the fact of conviction alone, which is totally against what the federal court has said. That has led to a sharp drop in criminal aliens detained by DHS, a panel of the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said. The memo and others like it has led to a spike in the rescinding of criminal detainers, orders to local authorities to detain aliens. And again, court documents show that. 170 aliens had detainers rescinded in Texas between January 20th of 21 and February 15th of this year, with at least 17 failing to comply with their parole conditions and for committing fresh crimes. So what does all this mean? It means the Biden administration is standing up there in line, all of them looking at the Supreme Court and giving them the bird. Doesn't matter what the law says, we're going to do what we want to do. Do something about it. Seriously, that's what they're saying. They are daring the law enforcement branch of government, the Justice Department, the courts, to do anything about what they're doing. In other words, let me tell you what's on the back of their minds. They're going to keep going, just rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling all the way out. Until... Well, first they slay, unless, but unless and until somebody stops them. 
They're not going to do it on their own. They're not going to do it just because it's the right thing to do. They're not going to do it because the law says it. They're not going to do it because they put their hand on the Bible and swore an oath to uphold the laws of the United States. They're not going to do it for that. They're not going to do it because it's the right thing. The only way they'll do it is if they're made to do it. Even the president of the United States, he's not going to do it unless he's made to do it. Can you believe we live in that world now? I can't. I can't. It just blows my mind that that's the world we live in. But let me tell you, we got to quit hooting and hollering. We got to get things started. We got to change this. Real truth, real news. TNN, the Truth News Network. I'm Papa John, pizza maker. The quality of every ingredient is important to me. Like the sweet, juicy pineapple and pulled ham hock that refreshes a pizza classic. Introducing our new premium Hawaiian, another Papa John's original. Like all our pizzas, it comes with Papa's quality guarantee. Try something new with a third off your order. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Hey, it's Garrett. The Poland Spring brand wants to provide more than 100% natural spring water, and they want to make a difference. That's why they're rescuing millions of pounds of plastic and transforming them into new bottles that are 100% recycled. You can join them by pledging to recycle your bottle, and for each pledge, Poland Spring will donate safe, clean drinking water to local communities in need. Go to PolandSpring.com forward slash pledge to find out more. Select sizes only 20 up 700 milliliter, 1 liter, and 1.5 liter size bottles. ABC Tonight, it's all about Big Cash. Here we go! And Big Crash. <laughs> On the new season of Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, one star will spin it. Give me the money! To win it all. The big winner of $1 million. Then, host Leslie Jones is off to the races on Supermarket Sweep. On your cart, get set, yeah. And we're going to need a cleanup on every aisle. You are on fire! It all starts tonight, 8, 7 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The following is an important time-insensitive announcement from Staples. Now, for an unlimited time only, Staples is drastically cutting their everyday prices on hundreds of products your business needs. That's right. The clock is not ticking. Walk, crawl, or lollygag to Staples, and you will not miss this opportunity. These are everyday price cuts. Take a four-pack of AA Duracell batteries, was $4.79, now just $2.99. But act now. Or later, because these Staples everyday price cuts will be around for a really, really long time. Price cuts like a two-pack of Scotch Magic Tape, previously $4.79, now just $2.99. And Scotch Packaging Tape, now just $2.29 for today, tomorrow, and pretty much every day till the cows come home. But don't hurry. These everyday price cuts are indefinite. To repeat, these prices will last. So stop by your nearest Staples whenever it's convenient and take advantage of these normal, continuing everyday price cuts. Thank you. In a world of weapons-grade stupidity, your defense is the truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Yeah, weapons-grade stupidity. You want some? There's plenty enough to pass around for all of us. Anybody that wants to step up with a handout. Truth. Oh, my gosh. It's for sale somewhere on the planet. But we're certainly getting very little of it from anything to do with government today. Let me blow your mind. You want a truth about 
abortion and what Americans think about abortion. We've heard it. Oh, most of the nation supports abortion. Most of the nation is pro-choice. Most of the nation, a huge majority of the nation is pro-choice. One organization representing thousands of pro-life obstetricians and gynecologists, they released polling data showing that most U.S. voters oppose Roe v. Wade and other radical abortion measures when they're properly informed. The American Association of Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they held a virtual conference call yesterday to share new polling data, especially in light of the Supreme Court's recent decision about overturning Roe. The organization said the decision has led to an onslaught of troubling misinformation and alarmism, stoked by the pro-abortion left, including by some medical professionals. Physicians in that organization are already alleging seeing patients who are confused and scared because of post-pro-abortion misinformation. Out of the 1,600 registered voters polled nationally between 3rd and 6th this year, 53% said they support the Supreme Court's 1973 Roe v. Wade decision, which recognized a constitutional right to abortion. However, when those same voters were asked if they would support or oppose Roe v. Wade, knowing that it allowed abortion up to birth, including late-term abortions, when the unborn child may feel pain, 56% of voters said they oppose Roe v. Wade. The CEO, by the way, who is a certain uh, certified OBGYN, Dr. Christina Francis, said voters' 180-degree flip about Roe shows the prevalence of misconceptions about the case. She said, I think a lot of people think that overturning Roe means all of a sudden abortion is illegal everywhere. And it was only Roe that gave women the right to abortion. But I think what our polling data showed is that when you educate people, you know that truth thing, give them a little truth, when they find out what Roe accomplished, the vast majority of Americans are actually supportive of pretty significant abortion restrictions, even if they think some abortion should be legal. So I think that's one of the biggest things to educate people on this is just return the power to the states. It actually gives the people a voice in what they want to happen where they live. And other polling reflects Francis's assessment. University of Massachusetts Amherst, they put out a poll last month that found that one quarter of Americans falsely believe overturning road would make abortion illegal nationwide. When asked, quote, do you agree or disagree that we need transparent data collection to truly assess the risk abortion poses to women and their health? 79% of voters agreed, including 84% of Republicans, 77% of independents, and guess what? 78% of Democrats. Dr. Francis said, we know in the U.S. our data collection on this is really appalling. Not even every state has to report their abortions, much less their complications. And yet patients are being told that these are safe procedures, that medicated abortions are safe and effective. 
They're being told that abortion is safer than childbirth. But this is all based on really inadequate data, and so patients are being given false information, and we want to help correct that. Talking about some of the various studies, this group issued a committee opinion about maternally maternal mortality in 2019, which states that published abortion mortality rates are inaccurate because the total number of legal abortions performed in the U.S. is not known. Overwhelmingly, voters agree 75% that women should be empowered with information and deserve fully informed consent. And they have the right to know that abortion is never medically necessary and can have serious physical and mental health consequences that could last a lifetime. Did you hear that? We presented absolute proof, doctoral proof, looking for Numbers, statistics. How many women in America ever, ever, any kind of report, any bit of data, how many women died because they couldn't get an abortion? Even back before Roe v. Wade, there's not a record of a single death of a mama having a baby who died because they could not get an abortion. 74% of Republicans, 62% of independents, 36% of Democrats oppose late-term abortions. And over 60% of overall voters believe an unborn baby at various stages of development is human. 55% of voters believe abortion should be prohibited between 0 and 6 weeks. 13% said between 37 and 40 weeks. No other period in pregnancy garnered over 6%. 73 percent of voters, including over 70 percent of every voting demographic, agree with common sense provisions like ensuring in-person consultations and parental consent for minors. So voter opposition to this, radical abortion measures, starkly contrast Democrats' push to legalize abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. Already, we told you what Joe Biden's planning to do to gay. Democrats have threatened to revive the Women's Health Protection Act, which would prohibit local, state, and federal officials from preventing abortions at any stage of pregnancy. Senator Joe Manchin described the legislation as an expansion of abortion rather than a codification of Roe v. Wade. This just goes on and on and on. I'm going to stop there. It's interesting, you think things may be so. You think maybe something you hear, very important, and you're hearing it from very important people, like people in Congress, people in government, bureaucrats, even doctors. When they say it, just because of who they are, what their title is, oh, that's right, we got to believe it. We just got to go with the flow. And we just put that in some little shelf in our memory in the back. And that's kind of something that we don't even question. It's just automatically so. So it is said, so let it be done. And we just go on our regular life. It's really hard to go back to those shelves and pull this stuff off of there and replace it with facts because pretty much you've made, many people have made life choices based upon that 
quote-unquote fact that they put in their file, their memory file. A lot of people made a determination, made a choice to have an abortion based on a lot of that. Just imagine the horror that anybody who has been involved in an abortion, whether you're the woman, a husband, a spouse, a mate, a partner, whatever it is, if at some point, and we will, science is going to tell us at some point when a baby is alive. And I'm pretty sure they're going to tell us at inception when they do. How is that news going to resonate? How's it going to be processed in the minds and the hearts of all those that'll be, they'll know there won't be any kind of, you know, issues legally because they did it. That's not going to happen, but they're going to have to live with it knowing that they killed a human being. And they're going to politicize just like they do everything, everything, everything in government is politicized. You remember Nina Jankovitz. She was that person that was going to run the disinformation governance board. You remember that? Well, we may have that whole thing in our rearview mirror. She got fired or she got moved. They tell us that disinformation governance board hadn't happened. I got to, I got to think it's is happening somewhere in the background, but even if it hasn't, None of that has stopped the former head of the Ministry of Truth from speaking out against anybody who spreads fake news, even when the perpetrator is none other than, guess who, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. So throwing out some polling data from 538, Pelosi penned a campaign fundraising email in which she uh, cheerfully declared that Democrats are poised to win six Senate seats in the upcoming November midterms. She said, Pelosi said, I'm in disbelief, Pelosi wrote to potential donors. John Fetterman is winning in Pennsylvania. Raphael Warnock is winning in in Georgia. Catherine Cortez Masto is winning in Nevada. Maggie Hassan is winning in New Hampshire. Tim Ryan is winning in Ohio. I cannot emphasize this enough, she said. We have a a once-in-a-lifetime chance to hold the House, hold the Senate, and keep Democrats in power for another two years. Well, guess what? Problem is, according to 538 founder Nate Silver, that's just straight-up misinformation. Yeah, this straight-up misinformation from Pelosi, Silver tweeted, we have Democrats as heavy underdogs in Florida and Ohio. And to her credit, Jankovitz took the 82-year-old liberal lawmaker to task for the deliberate dissemination of false information. Here's what she said. While it's not the most outrageous falsely attributed statement I've seen in 22 fundraising email, this blatant misrepresentation of At 538's work is unacceptable, she tweeted. Democrats should drop the disinformation as I would wager it was deliberate and focus fundraising on real issues. That's Ms. Jankovitz. It's kind of surprising, but she's not wrong about the real issues thing. 
So despite the constant claims to the contrary, polls indicate that American voters aren't placing Democrat talking points among their top concerns heading into the midterms. In fact, as has been reported, a jaw-dropping 71% of all likely voters surveyed in a USA Today poll, USA Today, a liberal rag, that poll stated that the country is headed down the wrong track, according to the American people. What are, you know, what, what, what right do they have to speak up? Lie after lie after lie. We're going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, give you the latest about what Biden is planning to do regarding student loan debt. And I must be honest with you and tell you this. This one really gets in my craw. We've got that and a lot more, and we still have 40 minutes in our show. See you on the other side. Summer seems even brighter when you've been inside a while. It's time to drive again with Honda, KVB.com's 2020 Best Value Brand. You could get a great deal on the 2020 Passport or 2020 Pilot, with financing as low as 0.9% APR on select models. Visit the Honda Summer Clearance event today. For well-qualified buyers, see dealer for financing details based on 2020 brand image yours from Kelly Blue Book. Visit KVB.com for more information. Beat Yourself Up Hotline. Is this the Beat Yourself Up Hotline? Yes, sir. If you'd like to beat yourself up, this is the place to do it. Okay, I'd like to beat myself up now, please. Go right ahead when you're comfortable. I am so stupid. I can't believe how stupid I am. What an idiot. I left all my holiday shipping until the last minute again. Now it's a huge hassle. Why do I have to do this to myself every year? When, oh, when will I learn? You beat yourself up very well, sir. Thanks. But maybe you should just log on to SmartShip.com. SmartShip.com? Right. Type in your zip code and SmartShip.com tells you the fastest, easiest, most affordable way to do your holiday shipping, even at the last minute. Wow. SmartShip.com. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I think of that? Well... Why do I have to have somebody else tell me what to do? Oh, sir... When, oh, when will I ever have an original thought? You're really good at this, sir. I've been told it's a gift. SmartShip.com. The way smart shipping is done. For over 75 years, people have saved money with... Oh, with Geico. Sorry. Here we go, from the top, and action. For over 75 years, people have saved money with Gecko, so... Cut it. What? What did I say? Gecko. I said Gecko. Oh. For over 75 years... (laughs) Keep it together. I'm good, I'm good. For over 70... (laughs) What are you doing there? Stop making me laugh. Gecko. Saving people money for over 75 years. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't forget this weekend, it's a big thing every weekend. Our most read offering ever is our Saturday bullet points. And there have been so many moving parts in life this week, I know you've missed some of them. Well, we've captured them. When you get up tomorrow morning, just flip over to truthnewsnet.org and you'll see our story, Saturday bullet points, will pop up. Click on it and we'll highlight bullet points. There's a couple of sentences after each bullet point, and it'll give you a description of what particular event we're talking about. If you know all about it, no big deal. 
just slip one down to the next bullet point and read that. But if you want to get full details, at the end of each of these descriptive sentences is a blue arrow swash. I guess I can't describe it. It's an arrow that's kind of bent. If you want full information or more information, just click on that arrow. It will take you right to the story in full. And it's interesting. There are a lot of people that take advantage of it. I get a lot of people that say, you need to do something like that every day. Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) You're talking about a lot, a lot of time to pull all that together. I know because we do the Saturday, and it's usually 10 to 15 stories that we do, and it takes quite a while to do it. And everything we do here, we try our best to do it right. So let's go back to Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe, he at the very beginning of his administration, he would not take a stand on anything to do with student debt. And he was the same way during his campaign. Obviously, he didn't want to address it because that's a hot potato. And he knew it's very divisive and it would probably alienate a lot of people if they decided and he talked about forgiving, wiping away student loan debt. Well, guess what they did? They put out a plan a couple of days ago and they tell us they're going to do it. The plan, what it's going to do, they tell us, is relieve at least 1 million borrowers of tens of billions of dollars in loans. Just wipe them off the books. It seeks, this plan does, to forgive student loans for borrowers who had schools closed or lied to them who are totally and permanently disabled, and for public service workers who have met their commitments under the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program. The plan would halt the capitalization of interest on unpaid loans. We're committed, they say, to fixing a broken system. If a borrower qualifies for student loan relief, it shouldn't take mountains of paperwork or a law degree to obtain it. That's coming from U.S. Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona. The Biden-Harris administration is determined to build a more accessible, affordable, and accountable student loan system. Well, you had that in place. You really did. It was running perfectly. Do you know that? Do you know what happened? Barack Obama, the way it used to work, every university would cut a deal with some loan entity, usually a big one, that specialized in managing student loan loans and managing those loans after the people have the loans and it's time to repay them. And it was banks all over the nation. Barack Obama decided in his great wisdom and knowledge about everything to do with business and economical issues, uh, because he never worked in the private sector, he didn't know anything about running a business, having to make a payroll, know anything about education, he didn't pay for any of his own, even the Harvard part. Did you get that? But what he did, they decided for the federal government to take over all the student loan, everything. So what does that mean? All those loans that were outstanding that the private sector banks and big loan companies had? You and I took over the responsibility of managing those loans and getting those people to pay those loans and doing whatever you do when they go unpaid. 
that whole concept is a little bit different, you know, getting them to pay, managing the loans. Way different when the federal government is involved than the way it's handled in the private sector. So the way it's being handled now, there's nobody out there getting in anybody's face to pay student loans. So what are they going to do? They're just going to wipe it away. We are committed to fixing a broken system, they say. If a borrower qualifies for student loan relief, it shouldn't take mountains of paperwork or a law degree to obtain it. So what about all the other people through history that have gone to school, they've chased the American dream, they paid all they could to get into college, they worked hard, they did their very best, they get out of college, some of them, most of them hopefully graduated and got good jobs and today have great careers. Some of them didn't do that. But a a big portion of them all, they paid their loans. Now, wait a minute. The U.S. economy hasn't always been so good as it was during the four years of Donald Trump as president. We've had some really great periods of prosperity. And there's up and downs in the economy in our nation, it is in every nation, but we always have found ways to ebb and flow and to roll with the stuff. Let me just say this. Nobody made any person borrow money to go to school. It was a voluntary thing. Why, oh why, should you and I and other American taxpayers, why should we go on the hook to pay one dime of somebody else's student loan debt. It's unconscionable to think that our government is going to do that. Even worse, and this is what Congressman Mike Johnson is going to discuss when he comes with us next week. One of the things he's going to discuss. How can any president unilaterally make a decision to do something like this when Congress is supposed to weigh in and decide on every economic issue for the American government and therefore the American people. Biden's doing this unilaterally like he does pretty much everything else because he can't get anything passed in Congress even though he has a majority in both places. Well, Dan, it's a 50-50 tie in the Senate. No, it's really not. It's a 50-50 tie, but the vice president of the Senate always breaks a tie And who's the president of the Senate? Our vice president, Kamala Harris. He can't get this kind of stuff. If this went to Congress, he'd be laughed out of Capitol Hill with this president. So he's just going to say, I'm going to wave my magic wand. I'm Joe Biden. I'm the president. And by jingoes, I'm going to do it. Speaking of education, Out on the West Coast, there's some real crazy stuff going on. A college professor named Eric Smith, who's the co-founder of the nonprofit Free Black Thought Organization, is giving the critical race theory-obsessed and nightmarish Los Angeles Unified School District a failing grade for allegedly indoctrinating teachers with the notion that merit and individualism are somehow connected to whiteness. 
I've got to, I've just got to come clean, folks. I'm white. I'm sorry, but I'm white. And there's nothing I can do about it. I'm being silly. But this is what we've come down to. We're talking about one of, if not the largest public school district in the United States. First of all, Eric Smith said, I want to thank God that these weren't my teachers when I was a student. (laughs) I would have nothing. I would have no success. I would be hopeless. Merit is not an inherently white concept, nor is individuality. And he went on about the divisive and make-believe oppressor-oppressed agenda. One needs to take seriously the Marxist origins of critical race theory and the need for people to embrace groupthink. If you want to enable groupthink, you get rid of concepts like merit and individuality, things that can distinguish people, that can separate people from each other. That's the first thing you do. And that seems to be going on right now. So he was on the morning show at Fox with Brian Kilmeade. Kilmeade suggested that the premise advanced by the school district seems to be that whites have it easier than minorities. For one, I don't want to live in a society without individuality. That's my nightmare. The scholar replied, we should be able to make choices about what we want to believe, how we want to spend our time, our energy. That's individuality and nothing more. It's not a selfish lack of compassion. In general, progressive, and when I say this, I'm putting the word progressive in quotation marks, progressive school districts and teachers unions around the country, many of which love the COVID lockdowns, along with like-minded colleges and universities, appear to be also very enthusiastic about watering down basic standards and doing that in the name of of equity. Meanwhile, there's a generation or more of students in U.S. government schools that lack basic reading, writing, math skills, even as communist-controlled authoritarian China aggressively seeks to replace America as the world's primary superpower, in part owing to their A-plus students. The nation of China is figuring now into this ongoing conversation about wokeness, whiteness, the 1619 Project. What's the deal with black people? Why are white people still oppressing black people? White people owe black people. This is just getting ramped up and up and up, and nobody has any solutions. I don't think there is a solution to that. but they're weaponizing it to use against political foes. Just one more little arrow in their quiver. Now, I told you at the top of the show, we had some information about some more oil. You remember for weeks and weeks and weeks, months and months, as a matter of fact, our president told us, hey, we're tackling inflation. It's job one for me and my administration. I've said this before, the day he was elected, I paid $1.69 for a gallon of gas. And on the first 
of June this year. I paid exactly twice that at the same place. Inflation. They're going to tackle it. Job one. And then he started thinking about the, and got just pummeled every day about the price of gas at the pump. You remember the little big, it was a national headache for him pretty much when it on gas pumps all over the nation, people started putting up these, these little stickers on the pumps with Joe Biden standing there and his finger pointing down and they would put it where his finger was pointing at the price of gas at that pump that day. And the caption on that sticker, the picture of Joe Biden, he said, I did that. He was pummeled with that. So what's he going to do? Well, he told us, we got a bunch of oil in the ground, our strategic oil reserves. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to release a million of them here, a million of them there. And that's going to make the price go down at the pump for Americans. Well, he did take a whole lot of gas, excuse me, oil out of the strategic oil preserves. And he sold some to U.S. distributors and they they actually printed in the pumps around the nation. But very quietly, we reported early in the week that uh, he sent 5 million more barrels out of the strategic oil reserve to some countries in Europe and even to China. Now, wait a minute. The strategic oil reserves, that's supposed to be for the good, the direct good of the American people. It's always been used when we have hurricanes, floods. It really is a bad time for parts and in some cases the whole nation. And our government taps the oil reserves, strategic oil reserves, to push out to help the American people. Joe Biden is pushing it overseas. So, in addition to the 5 million barrels we told you about that he was pushing out in that short list of European countries, seems like Biden's administration sold 950,000 barrels of oil from the petroleum reserve to a Chinese state-owned gas company that has financial ties to a private equity firm back here, co-founded by Hunter Biden. Uh Uh-oh. In April, Biden's Department of Energy announced the nearly 1 million barrel sale to Unipec, which is the trading arm of Sinopec. Sinopec is wholly owned and operated by the Chinese Communist Party. Unipec reportedly purchases oil across the world and then apparently sells it through its Sinopec marketing subsidiary. On their LinkedIn page, Unipec, Here's what it says. Unipec America is a wholly owned subsidiary of China International United Petroleum and Chemical Company Limited, better known as Unipec. Unipec is the trading arm of Sinopec, currently number two largest company on the global Fortune 500 list. And this was from 2019. And it's owned by the Chinese Communist Party. Hunter Biden reportedly has financial ties to the Chinese Communist Party-owned Sinopec. A private equity firm Hunter Biden co-founded purchased nearly $2 billion stake in Sinopec marketing in 2015. 
Biden is connected to Sinopec through BHR Partners, that firm he co-founded. BHR bought a $1.7 billion stake in Sinopec Marketing. Biden at one point owned 10% in BHR Partners through his wholly owned firm, Scaneltels LLC. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, folks. You can't. I've never had a conversation with my son about his overseas business. And don't even try to convince me. Don't even try to tell me with a text or an email that there's no proof that Hunter Biden was involved in that. We've already found that Joe Biden lied when he said he'd never talked to Hunter about his overseas business. We heard from his mouth. You heard it yourself. That means Joe Biden knew about this private equity firm that Hunter founded, and he knew about Hunter Biden going to China, meeting with big leaders in China, including people in the Chinese government. How did Joe know about it? He took him with him on Air Force Two. Air Force Two. Joe went to meet with Xi Jinping, and Hunter went to meet with Sinopec. Cut the deal And it's quid pro quo, once again. We just live in a great world where things just always make sense. We can explain everything, and when the government's involved, it's all for the good of the American people. Right? Unforgettable That's what you are L'air du temps perfume like the memory of a beautiful song, lingers on and on. L'Air du Temps Perfume, the classic French fragrance that you can wear anywhere, anytime, makes you unforgettable. L'Air du Temps Perfume by Nina Ricci. You love chocolate. Mm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate. So you've been avoiding M&M's. Yeah. Well, fear no more. Huh? M&M's dark chocolate to the rescue. My heroes! M&M's dark chocolate candies. Available wherever fine candies are sold. Few things bring as much joy as the delicious taste of Coca-Cola. Like your first time camping or falling in love on a blind date. And now, our new Coke bottles are sip-sized and made from 100% recycled materials. So every bottle can live on to create more memories. That's endlessly refreshing. Coca-Cola. Bottles are made from 100% recycled materials excluding cap and label. Enjoy the great taste of Coca-Cola in a new sip-sized bottle that's made of 100% recycled materials. As politics grow ever more chaotic, remember this truth. When you're taking heavy flack, it usually means you're over the target. Open the Bombay doors. Truthnewsnet.org. Your pilot on this mission, Dan Newman. A lot of people in the media, um, they're not dropping bombs on untruthfulness things that aren't factual. They may every once in a while throw a dart their way, but what we do here is we go full bore all the way, all the time. We're going to dig out, find the facts. We're going to bring them to you, 
no matter what. And sometimes it doesn't make us look very good. We don't like that, but sometimes that's what we got to do. So the question comes up over and over and over again about is Joe Biden, is he going to remain in office? Is he going to be taken out before 2024? Is he going to step down peacefully? Is there impeachment in the world out there? All those things, those are still to come. We're on top of that. And in just a minute, we're going to let you listen to Kaylee McEnany. She was President Trump's White House press secretary and Stuart Varney talk about Joe Biden on his way out. But I want to mention something that popped up that kind of, it really puzzled me yesterday. Joe Biden's son, Hunter, he was sitting in the front row at the White House Medal of Freedom ceremony yesterday. He attended the ceremony with his wife, Melissa Cohen, and became a de facto greeter for everybody that came due to his front row seat. He was seen shaking hands, hugging multiple ceremony attendees as they entered the White House East Room and took their seats. Brightborn News put it this way, President Biden awarded a medal to Sister Simone Campbell, a prominent activist who helped Biden promote Obamacare, Kieser Khan, who helped lead the charge against Donald Trump in the 2016 election, and a posthumous medal to Richard Trumka, a former union boss who supported Biden. He also gave a medal to soccer player Megan Raponi, a vocal critic of Trump who helped promote Biden during the 2020 election. The fact that Hunter was there, and uh, it comes right in the middle of as he is, we find out, under investigation by the DOJ for tax fraud, for money laundering, and lobbying law violations. In addition to his pending federal criminal investigation, Hunter attended the ceremony on the same day reports revealed he filmed himself doing drugs, touching himself, and drinking while at a Massachusetts detox center. (laughs) Class A citizen. And Joe Biden tells us again and again, he still says it every once in a while, Hunter Biden is the smartest man that he knows. Maybe that says more about the president than it does about Hunter. So is Mr. Biden, the POTUS, president of the United States, is he on his way out? Expect to see a lot of departures from the White House team. You right? I think so. Kaylee McEnany, the lady herself. Look, Kaylee, the Democrats are in disarray. Is is Biden on the way out? I think so. Uh, And you can always read kind of behind the tea leaves where you see these articles that will come out. And there was one from NBC. There was one from The Hill. There was one from CNN. All in about 24, 48 hours. And you can read through the sourcing and very clearly say an unnamed Democrat strategist, an unnamed West Wing official, you know, an unnamed campaign strategist says this about Biden. And the criticism was withering. In fact, they called him withering, saying that he's watching the fires burn and just standing idly by. When you see that kind of level of criticism in multiple mainstream media publications from multiple Democrats within the White House, uh, it's a bad sign. You're going to get a primary challenge. Uh, White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield, she's going to step down from her position at the end of the month. 
Uh, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby, he's coming into the White House to fill a senior communications role left by Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. I'm not sure we got this right. Uh, Benningfield is out. The speculation is that the uh, Karine Jean-Pierre takes that position because you would no longer in front of the cameras mm -hmm. and in comes John Kirby to do the daily press briefings. That's the speculation. You heard that too? That would be very interesting. I mean, there's simply no doubt John Kirby's been at a lot of press briefings. I can tell you during my entire tenure as press secretary, I never had a, another communications aide standing there briefing with me at the podium. You were the press secretary. You did the briefing like Jen Psaki did. Um, so Kirby has been there in the room, done a phenomenal job. Right. I think he would be a steady guiding force for this White House. And the loss of Kate Bedingfield, another big loss. She took one or two turns at the podium. She did a very good job at the podium, too, and she's a longtime Biden ally. I think your uh, speculation might be accurate because I think uh, most of kind of conventional wisdom is Kirby's going to get that podium uh, maybe today, maybe a few months from now, but I think he's earned it. He, he was at the podium at the Defense Department during Afghanistan and did a really good job. He, what he did indeed. If the Democrats lose big in November, I would expect to see a lot of departures from the White House team. You're right. I think so. And what's interesting is in one of these articles, I believe it was the CNN one, a little ways down, it says that West Wing officials are being berated by Biden when something goes wrong. He tends to take it out on them and it's trickled all the way down to the lower ranks. And some of the unsighted reasons for the departures are they can't take the mood of the president and the blame game of the president. So I think that is tripling and compounding what's happening. Midterms will only compound it even more. <laughs> Not a happy house, the White House at no. this moment. All right, Updates. So let me ask you this. What does a really good administration, what does a good four years look like for the American people? Have we ever had one of those periods where there wasn't just hatred and so-called bullets being fired back and forth across the aisle? Everything was in chaos. Have we ever had one of those situations where it was really good? You know, in my lifetime, I can think of maybe one, but it, it still came with a lot of conflict. That was Ronald Reagan. But let me tell you the difference between what we're facing now and what we saw during the administrations of really good leaders. We saw the chaos being managed, managed and tempered. It was still there, and it's because people have the right to express themselves. The First Amendment gives them that. But leadership is one that first respects what the responsibilities of that position they hold are. And when I say respects, that means they do them. We're not seeing that in this administration. We don't see a good opinion being expressed by this president of the American people, who we are, what our power are, is, and what this government and any government should be doing in supporting the American people. Just take a minute. We got a few minutes left. I want you to take a minute and listen to one president that when he was in, he really understood the American people and he did what he did for the American people. If we look to the answer, as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available 
and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. We are Americans. If we're going to get through this, if this nation is going to survive, and make no mistake, it's under attack fiercely, and not so much from foreign foes, but from the inside. And it's happening through hatred, through anger, through divisiveness, through purposeful splitting people apart, calling people out, calling them names, using identity politics to classify people. This woke mentality is destroying this nation from within. The saddest thing of all is that if we, the people, don't step up to the plate, we're not going to get a chance to hit another home run to bring the greatest nation in world history, back to the place where it was before 
get back there where freedom, liberty, and justice for all, the rule of law, is what controls the way we do things. If we don't get back there, we're not going to make it. President Reagan was dead right. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here every day at TNN Live. Don't forget the things we're going to have. We'll probably have a guest story. Haven't decided yet on Sunday, but we will have Saturday bullet points tomorrow. Have a great weekend. See you back here 9 o'clock on Monday morning at truthnewsnet.org, TNN Live.